I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. This is the first of two Tuesday episodes. This one is going to be a blast. We got one up, one down coming today. Name that team outfield edition. It's honesty hour day as well. And I got to talk about major league managers today. That's what we're going to talk about. I'll explain it all in just a few minutes. Twitter questions. Today starts the subway series between the Yanks and the Mets. The A's are doing a reverse boycott. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? Happy Tuesday, everybody. I am joined, as always, by Alex Curry, and Alex, we are one day closer to taking flipping bats on the road to San Diego. It's going to be a blast. I got to say, it's some of my favorite shows that we've done when we're on the road because there's just a different vibe, you know? It's kind of like <laughs> we're let out of babies out of the house. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I don't even know if that's an analogy. It just kind of. <laughs> babies out of the house. Let's that. have some fun. Where's the baby going? Normally the parents are I out think of the house. Because you have babies on your shirt, it says. The babies, so like it, Mets, first yeah. thing that I saw, that's that's what's happening here. But I'm really excited. Obviously, I went to college in San Diego, so anytime I'm back down there, it's like, I'm home, babies. My second home. What's up? <laughs> well, the crew is leaving the studio, and we're almost leaving the this studio, studio for good. So, for those that don't know, we have been in this current studio for this whole regular season, the whole the season WBC. so far yeah. after the WBC, because our uh, the main studio is being completely redone. It's going to be a new state-of-the-art, brand-new studio. And uh, starting next week, we will we'll be in there, I believe, the Thursday episode. The live yeah. Thursday episode next week will be our first episode in the new, brand-new state-of-the-art studio. I am so pumped for that. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm excited for that. You know who else is going to be probably somewhere new besides opening day for A's fans? Where? Well, tonight, they're doing a reverse boycott, (laughs) meaning they're going to pack the stadium. They're going to try to pack the stadium. I'm curious to see if that actually happens. I I believe it will. A's fans have gotten such a bad rap over the the course of everything going on there in Oakland. The detriment of all of this has been to the fans, which is, is not deserved. I've said this many times. The Oakland fans are some of the best fans I have ever seen. It is... One of, if not the loudest playoff environment I have ever been a part of at the Oakland Coliseum. There are so many fans. There are so many drums. Like at the height of baseball in the Oakland Coliseum, it's so loud. Drums blaring, instruments. I mean, I I I believe they're going to to pack the place. As you mentioned, it's a reverse boycott. There will be a lot of sell the team. <laughs> 
shirts oh, I'm and sure. signs. And oh, I'm sure. John Fisher uh, will probably not be at the game if I had to imagine. If if he's going, it's, it's gonna get ballsy heckled. on his part. It is going to be. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see it. I love Oakland fans. They deserve. Um, they deserve better. I, we know this. I've said this a million times. Oakland A's fans deserve so much better. And I do believe they will show up in full force. So if you're if you're one of the, the people out there that hears a reverse boycott and people are going to show up and you're saying, well, who do they have to show up? There are so many Oakland Athletics fans that have just gotten so screwed over the course of this entire process and the ownership just not caring and giving up on them and the team that, of course, they're not going to show up. Um, but I think they will. I think they will tonight. So uh, we'll have to talk about that probably on Thursday's show. Oh, definitely. But I'm, I'm curious because we're kind of close to the date that the Vegas decision was supposed to be made, mm-hmm. right? Do we have any updates there? Yeah, not good. Oh. Not good. Things things are not going well. It's There's, there's votes that aren't passing. Uh, there's been conversations in courtrooms that are messy. Yeah. Um, there are many people in in Nevada that are speaking out publicly, directing their statements towards Oakland and John Fisher and his people that are there for him, basically saying, your organization is a mess. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're you not paying for your own team. You're not supporting your own team and your current state. Why should we have to take on this team and pay all of this public money to fund your mess? Yep. Which makes a lot of makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, I, this is by no means a done deal. It is not looking good. It's it's just a mess. It's a mess right now. Uh, the entire Oakland A's organization is a mess, and which is just another roller coaster for the fans too. Like having to go through that like yeah, heartbreak of like, oh, you definitely don't want to be here, and you definitely want to bring the team somewhere else. But hey, they're not even gonna take you in Vegas. Yeah. No one wants you. We want you. Give us a chance. Yeah. Do something with the team. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this reverse boycott. Me too. Tonight. I'm pumped. I, I hope it turns out well. Uh, also, tonight, yeah, Tuesday night, we get a two-game Subway Series. Yankees-Mets starts tonight. Alex, listen to these pitching matchups we okay. get in the two games. Game one. The game is in New York. Well, of course. It's yeah, yeah. in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> Mets are the home team. Uh, Luis Severino against Max Scherzer in game one. Garrett Cole against Justin in game two. Two great friends Two great pitchers, just the two best matchups you could possibly imagine in this series. Uh, Quick Subway series, but man, midweek Subway series, great pitching matchups. This is going to be a blast. And honestly, thank goodness they have these pitching matchups because both teams are without their two-star players right now with Alonzo out and Aaron Judge out. So it's, yeah, it it could be a pitching duel, which you love. Well, I would love I, it on the t- second game, that's for sure. Well, yeah, we all know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like a home run party here. Offensive explosion. Is Look, what I, like. I, I like homers. I used to I, I loved home. Yeah. I'm an offensive guy, but like I love the the you know, I love watching a like three two ball game. The pitcher the starting pitchers go like eight and a third. That's baseball. A couple home runs mixed in there, big solo shot to take the lead. But not when your brother's pitching, because then you're gonna have a heart oh, attack. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, just make it ten nothing. I did text you again, by the way, when your brother was pitching. You texted. Oh my totally god! Forgot. You texted me when Justin was pitching the weirdest gif of all time, Alex. What was that? Hold up, timeout. 
Alex, in the middle of Justin pitching, which I talked about this on Friday, it was not a good start. It was yeah. not a good game. I looked down at my phone and I have a gift from Alex of a of a hamburger <laughs> shooting like it was a hamburger that was like shooting ketchup and mustard out of the side of its face as like a like a squirt gun <laughs> and one was ketchup and one was mustard and i just i don't like i was like she has to be trolling at this point what what was that i still don't know what it was it just made me laugh i was trying to cheer you up um, because I know obviously like how stressed you probably were. And remember when we were at Dodger Stadium and there was like all those weird fans getting really upset that I just had ketchup on my hot dog and not mustard. And this was like a hamburger hot dog thing with like ketchup and mustard being shot out by both. And I thought it was really funny. I thought it would cheer you up. It was just weird. Uh, are you it was saying, weird and funny. Are you saying ketchup? Ketchup. 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 <laughs> um, I, so at, at what part, we did, we'll get on with this in a second. Yeah. But at what point did you think, in the middle of Ben watching a 10 to 10 ball game, where his brother gave up a bunch of runs, and this game is a nightmare <laughs> and a ridiculous baseball game, did you think, I know just the thing? <laughs> I'm going to send him a gif of a hamburger shooting ketchup and mustard. What, what was going through your head in that moment? Sometimes it's just, it helps you cheer, like cheer it someone didn't. up if you it get didn't. something weird. It didn't. Okay. It didn't. All right, we're moving on. Oh. One up, one down. Oh, okay. Um, one team, one player on the rise, and one on the down. I'm going to start. I'm really excited about yeah. my one up. Go. I'm very, very excited about my tell. one up today. AJ Smith Shaver of the Atlanta Braves. Rookie gets called up, makes his debut, pitches well, makes his first ever start. He is my one up. But the reason being his story and how he got here is remarkable. Just made his major league debut as a pitcher. AJ started pitching, started pitching on his travel ball team in 2020. That's when he started pitching. Whoa. Mind you, we're in 2023 right now. Yeah. Drafted out of high school in 2021, just happened. Started this season in high A, and then he makes his major league debut, makes his first major league start over the weekend, becoming the youngest Braves starter to throw five or more innings since Steve Avery in 1990. The story is so cool. He wasn't even a pitcher until a few years ago, and now he's pitching in the major leagues and dominating. He was awesome. He's thrown seven and two-thirds innings in the major leagues without giving up a single run. It's just, it's the coolest story. And the, his start the other day, five and a third, three hits, two runs, zero earned, no walks, or two walks, two strikeouts, and 86 pitches. So seven and two-thirds without a single earned run, a zero ERA, just the meteoric rise. I mean, yeah. you hear like fast rise to the big leagues. This guy was a this guy wasn't even a pitcher until a few years ago, and now he's a major league pitcher dominating in the big leagues. Just a really cool story. Um, I I was a big fan. I just I've loved following this this whole thing, and now he's dominating in big leagues. Really cool. That's crazy because sometimes it takes guys just that span of from when he started pitching to then getting to the big leagues. They spend that in the minors, hoping <laughs> yeah. to get to the big leagues. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. I like your one up. Thank you. That's who is, a good one. Who or what is yours? Well, my one up is the Padres. Now, hear me out. 
I've been down on them a couple different times throughout this segment. So it's only fair to give them a little love once you start to see they've kind of turned things around. Now, they're nowhere near where they should be at this point right now. They're still nine games out of first place. They're in fourth in the NL West, but they've won or split their last four series. The offense is starting to pick up. They slugged five home runs in their opener at Coors last weekend. Juan Soto had a nice little hit streak going there. The weird stuff is starting to go their way, as you saw just there, the Manny Machado, like, juggling catch that he ended up getting, which was crazy. Uh, Yu Darvis just got his 100th MLB win, so it feels like they're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope so because they have so much talent on their team and it would be so much fun to see them succeed and it's good for the league when they're succeeding. We're going down to San Diego this weekend. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one playing the best team in, in baseball this weekend. It's going to be a good series. It's going to be a great series. But want to give a little credit to a team that I have been down on this season quite a bit just to see a switch. It feels like there's like a subtle switch happening. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean – we saw last year when when they're in the playoffs, that place is rocking. The when they were playing the Dodgers in that the rain Wild. game and they score that huge run on the ball up the middle, the place was going absolutely nuts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, baseball needs those stars playing yeah. well and being uh, in contention down the stretch. Um, my one down, mm-hmm. the New York Mets. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went off on the Mets on Friday after their sweep getting swept by the Atlanta Braves. Now here we are, fast forward to Tuesday, where they had a weekend series against the Pirates, who admittedly aren't the same old Pirates, right? They're not the they're not the Pirates from the last five years where it's been awful. However, they lose two of three to the Pirates, really not good. Um Sometimes they're giving up a bunch of runs. Sometimes they're not scoring any runs. They lose the series there. They have a six-game road six-game road trip against the Braves and the Pirates where they go one and five on their road trip. They've lost eight of their last nine games. Everything is awful. Players are, players are understanding this in the locker room. You have the manager coming out publicly and saying, I'm very proud of these guys. No, no, you're not proud. Nothing's going right. The team can't hit sometimes. The team can't pitch sometimes. Our pets' heads are falling off. Yet you're saying into the media that everything's okay and hunky-dory. No, it's not. Things are awful. And it's okay sometimes to just admit that, hey, we have the highest payroll of all time. And we are playing like shit. And it can't happen any further. We need to get better. We need to turn it around. For the first time in the 62-year history of the New York Mets against the Braves, they lost three consecutive games while having a lead of three or more runs in all of those games. For the first time in the history of the franchise, that happened to the Mets. Unacceptable there. They should have or could have won every single one of those games, yet we all know how that turned out. They ended up losing every single one of those games. They're now in fourth place in the NL East, nine and a half games behind the Braves, Three at three and a half, four games out of a wild card spot. So bad, brutal, and it, it, it's unacceptable for a team with this payroll and the stars that they do have. As I said, when they're pitching well, they're not hitting. When they're hitting well, they're not pitching. 
Uh, take take Justin's last two games, for instance. When he dominated, they lost one nothing. When he didn't pitch well, they they hit really well, but they end up losing that game in whatever it was, the the 10th inning. And that's kind of been the theme. The offense shows up sometimes, but then the pitching and the bullpen blows it, vice versa. They're always finding ways to lose. And at a certain point, you stop making excuses for losing and just show up in the media and say, hey, we're terrible, it's not acceptable, and you move on and you say, here's what we're going to do to fix it. Here's how we're going to try and fix it. I promise you we're working hard every single day in the locker room to fix it. Uh, but you should not be you should not be happy with the current state of, of things, of how things are, because we aren't either. Really bad for the Mets. And it is time now to turn it around. Now is the time. It's no longer early in the season. You do have the benefit of being in the National League where the AL wild card is just a hot bunch of AL West and AL East teams. There's like eight AL East teams that I feel like are all in the wild card hunt. National League, not quite the same. Wild card is a little more accessible. So not doomsday yet, but I will say we're getting close to that, Mark. I mean, obviously they're still in it, but at a certain point you stop making excuses and you, you realize it's not early in the year and you say, we got to figure this out or this is going to be the biggest failure of a season in, in history. I, I truly, if... If they or the Padres, who you just mentioned, with yeah. their payrolls, don't make the playoffs this season, it's a failure. It's, it's not just a failure. It's probably the biggest failure of a season in Major League Baseball history, specifically the Mets, because it is by far the biggest payroll to ever exist in Major League Baseball, and they're sitting under 500. And if you don't make the playoffs with this team, complete and utter nightmare. The Mets are my down. And the hard part is, is they're in a tough they're in a tough division. Yeah. Right? Braves, obviously, they're great. Miami, they're for real right now. They're in second place, only three and a half Playing behind really the well. Braves. And then Philly, they have a great team, too. So if they start going on a run, we saw what they did, obviously, towards the end of the season to get into the postseason and then make it to the World Series. Like, they have the pieces, too. So they've got three teams ahead of them that are great. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's brutal. Yep. They got to figure it out. Yep. Okay. My down this week are the Tigers. They are also on a brutal stretch right now. They lost nine games in a row. They went 0-6 on their last road trip. And get this, they had the lowest batting average the team has posted in any six-game stretch since July of 1962. They batted 124 on this last road trip. Obviously, they've had some injury issues, but every team has some injury issues. And that's not an excuse. They need to figure out how to produce some offense. Play small ball. Get on base. Oof. Tigers are the only team in baseball that is winless in the month of June. That's another tweet that just went up. Okay, there's there's another reason they are my down this week. But the good news is, is that they're not in a strong division. So anything can really happen in the AL Central. If they go on a good stretch, only six games out of first place right now, but it's it's not looking good. You know, you never want to go on a nine-game losing streak at any point during the season. That is not an easy hole to climb out of. It's brutal. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I know yeah, they're one of it, your teams. I, both, the, both these downs are two of your teams. The right down, now. the down for the Tigers these days should be. Chris Illich, the owner of the team, who just like, you know what's got to, you know what's even more frustrating to me is that 
We've seen all these teams that were all bad around the same time, Tigers included. You start like really right around that 2017 mark on. And the majority of those teams have found a way to like look at the switch that's just flipped. You know, the Astros were a, a bit, the Astros hit their stride right around them, but. The Baltimore Orioles, look at what they're yeah. doing. This The Miami Marlins, yeah. look at what they're doing. So there's so many teams that were bad that had flipped the switch. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who that just swept the Tigers. But for some reason, this rebuild for the Tigers that Chris Illich declared was last year was going to be the turning point. Well, no. And the, the commitment, I, he just, Mr. I... His father that passed away a few years ago, who was the owner of this team, lived for the Detroit Tigers and would do anything for the Detroit Tigers to win. And I don't, that's not, that's not the case with Chris Illich. It's just, it's just not. You can, you can see it. I mean, Mr. I would have done anything for the Detroit Tigers. And now it's almost like the Detroit Tigers are like a, a business investment because that family is, I mean, they have, they have the Red Wings. They have Little Caesars Pizza. Like, it's a business endeavor where baseball was Mr. I's passion. So now the Detroit Tigers is just, I, I don't know. It's so, it's so frustrating to see. I mean, we've been told the Tigers are turning that corner for two years. The rebuild was supposed to be over, and look at us now. Well, no, look at it. Like, your prize signing and Javi Baez was – that was the offseason that Carlos Correa was out there. And it was, mm -hmm. are the Tigers going to get Correa? No, they went the cheaper route. Yep. They did go get Javi Baez, who was a, a – they didn't know this would happen with him. But they went the cheaper route mm -hmm. to get their shortstop, who's been flat out bad for the Tigers. And just every everything that he's done along the way is just so frustrating. It's why you have to invest in your core pieces, your core players, and build around. If yeah. you're not willing to spend the money, you're not going to get the results. Right. Well, they need to do that now with yeah. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Tarek Skubal, Casey yep. Mize. Like, do that and fix it. But we're not a year. We're not a year away. Last year, like we're we're the, the rebuild is still very much so a rebuild, which is frustrating to say. But you you got to no time like the present. Sign your guys, build around your core, and go. But the offense is abysmal. It's so hard to watch them. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Okay. It's uh, bad. Long story short, I agree. Okay. Yeah, no, I felt that. I, I could I could see it. I could feel your energy there as I was talking about yeah. it. I was like, he's about to blow. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep this going because after a quick break, it's time for Honesty Hour. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back. Let's get in the trust tree. Because it's time for Honesty Hour. What are we breaking down today? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Today, Honesty Hour. Managers in the game of baseball. Mm. We got to stop sugarcoating everything to the media. 
I feel like this is like an old, an old school way of talking to the media. Like, yeah, we're fine. Like things are fine. No, just don't even worry about us. We're, we're good in this locker room. We know. Yeah. You know, like we played really poorly today, but honestly, a lot of positives to take away. A lot of positives. I'm actually really proud. I'm really proud of everybody. This is all is great. No, it's not. And obviously, there's a, a mention of Buck Walter here the other day, who specifically, after that brutal loss against the Braves, comes out to the media. And the first thing he says is, I'm proud of these guys. And there's a lot of positives to take. After they just got swept by their division rival and first place team, the Atlanta Braves. And he's not the only one. Look, we're in the age of social media. We have every bit of access to statistics and historical things that are going on, which, for example, as I just mentioned, that series against the Braves. The first three games in a row in the history of the Mets, the history of the Mets, that they blow three games in a row with a three-run or more lead. We have that access. We know that before the manager even has to go up and talk. So to hear that everything's all hunky-dory, we're good. We're good. Actually, I'm really proud of everybody. How? No, you're not. Or if you are, you shouldn't be. Nobody is. But you, the players, and this isn't just with the Mets, the players, it feels like, are far more accountable in a locker room than the managers are that are speaking publicly. Because I almost feel like most of the managers are so old school, they think they're like, Pulling one over the fan base. Like, guys, we're fine. While the players are in there saying, yeah, it's awful right now. And we feel like shit. We're playing like shit. And it's unacceptable. And there's nothing we can do but continue to work hard and figure it out. Because the vibe in here right now is tough. You can see it. You can feel it. And we got to be better. But then the 180 of like hearing from the managers of, of multiple different teams that are struggling around the league. I don't understand it. So... Honesty hour to all the managers out there. Fans aren't dumb. And let's just treat them with a little bit of a respect to to give them the respect of like, yeah, you know what? They deserve to they deserve to know what's going on. And I'm not just gonna come up here and say everything is fine because it's not. So that's what I got for you today, Alex. How do we feel about that? No, I dig, because that was like one of my pet peeves, obviously, 10 years in the media, doing those post-game interviews with the home manager, visiting managers. Stop feeding the media and fans BS. We know it's BS, right? We have eyes. We see what's happening. The players are telling us what's happening. Exactly. Also, this day and age, people want transparency. They want honesty. Like, we we know things aren't going well. Just say that. I Like, What's it, what, what's it going to do? Like, you're going to start believing it? Like, we know <laughs> we know it's not going <laughs> well, okay? And as I said last week, in this game, you have to have a short memory. Like Ted Lasso said, be a goldfish. We know that. Let it go. Let it go quickly because you got another game tomorrow. you got a 162 regular season, okay? It's okay to admit that you had a bad game or a bad stretch, but then you can talk about there is hope that we can turn this around. This is how we're going to try to turn it around. There are ways to go about it. I almost think because a lot of managers are, you know, there's really not 
a lot of managers out there that if they go on a really bad stretch, they're going to be on the hot seat. You know, but like there's really not. Um, obviously, there's like a, a short list of managers right now. But if you're managing one of the bad teams in baseball and you're going through a bad stretch, yeah. you're obviously on the hot seat. So I almost think like these managers are like trying to say they don't want to say they don't want to take accountability and say like I I need to get this right with my team because they're worried about not trashing themselves but they're worried about talking poorly about themselves because next thing you know they could be out the door so saying something like I'm really proud of these guys a lot of positives that we've been working on lately but nobody wants to hear that it feels fake and ownership or GM isn't going to say like you know what He's right. There was a lot of positives. You get to keep your job and you get to keep your job. No, the only thing that is going to keep a manager their job mm-hmm. is winning. Yeah. It's the cold, it. hard truth of being a manager or a coach of a professional sports team. Yeah. Winning, you keep your job. Losing, you're out of a job. So why not just be transparent? Yeah. You know? I'm with you. Okay. I good. like that. Okay. <sighs> now for some fun. Yep. Let's take a deep breath. You ready for this? I am ready. Because it's your favorite game, but we're switching it up this week. Okay. We're no longer doing starting rotations. We have made our way back to the outfield for Name That Team. So I'm going to give you three, either the high school or college that they were drafted out of, or the country that they were signed out of. Outfield's harder than Pitt because there's only three now. I know. Now the numbers. You only get three. Numbers lower. Okay. Are you ready for? You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. Team number one. Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Vanderbilt. Oregon State. Name that team. Um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I don't know that one. Okay. There's a few Oregon State guys. The the one outfielder that comes to mind, Oregon State guy I played against in the minors, uh, Michael Conforto. So, Giants now. Vanderbilt, uh, Mike Yastrzemski. I'm going to go San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Okay. Good. Do a good, good start. Friend of the pod, Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. Bandy. Conforto, first rounder, played him his first professional game after being drafted in the first round. They played against him. So, uh, yeah, that okay. was good. One for one. Are you ready for team number two? Yes. Team number two. Left field, Vanderbilt. Center field, high school out of Illinois. Right field, University of San Diego. Name that team. Oh, no. Left field, Vanderbilt. You never tell if you're putting on an act. No, I don't know. When you're thinking. Right field, San Diego. Nope, not them. Um, High school, Illinois. Left field, Vandy. I'm trying to think of all the Vandy guys. I know mostly pitchers. Tony Kemp, he's the A's, and he's been playing second base. I don't know this. San Diego. 15 seconds. 10. Ah. 
throw something out there. Ah, uh, Vandy. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. No. Pirates. The Pirates. Yeah. Brian Reynolds, Vandy, Connor, Joe, San Diego, mm -hmm. and Jack Swinski. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, it does. All right, one you for two. Had like zero idea. No, not even close. No, I okay. wasn't. I wasn't. You weren't close. gonna get it. I wasn't close. Okay. I, San Diego, like that side of the country is hard for me. And then I didn't get there with Brian. My mind, when okay. I hear Vandy, I don't put the two and two with Brian Reynolds there. So, All right. I mean, yeah, That's one fair. for two. This is a big one. It's okay. Ready for Kay. team number three? Yeah. Okay. Team number three left field, Jacksonville University, center field, high school out of California, and right field, Venezuela. Name that team. Jacksonville University. High school out of California mm -hmm. in right field, Venezuela. Okay. I believe. All right, I'm getting a little thrown off here. Okay. Here's why. Okay. I believe left field. You have 30 seconds. I think I think Austin Hayes went to Jacksonville, which would check out with Venezuela being Anthony Santander. But oh no, you know what? Woo! Okay, I got there. I fixed it in my head. This is the Orioles. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> How'd you get there? I was okay. like, uh oh. Let me tell you. Because I thought you were gonna switch it. I was like, no. No, he I had it. it, but I kept going back. To, I know Cedric Mullins went to Campbell, and I was like, well, uh, we don't have that up, but Cedric is not. Yep. He's currently out. Yep. Okay, and that's what that's what got me there. Okay. So okay, I feel good about that. Two go. for three. Yeah. Not Woo! bad. Not okay. bad. Good, uh, good first time back to the outfield. Yeah, grade yourself. A, B plus. A, B plus. You got one wrong. You, you weren't even close. B plus. What does even close mean? You said you had no idea. You, you didn't either even get have a it guess. or you don't. There's no close. All right. If I threw out a guess, all that that was wrong, you'd all of a sudden say, okay, A. Yeah, if you had an idea. <laughs> okay, now I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, that was good. Uh, Twitter questions? Yeah, before we wrap things up, uh, okay. we got some fan questions for you. Our first one comes from Yankee League Baseball. Yankee League Baseball. Question okay. is, will the Mets make the playoffs? Mm. <sighs> this is tough. Will the Mets make the they playoffs? They were your down. They were your one down oh, this week. Oh, they were. I'm, I you am just went big off this episode. down on the Mets. Um, okay, so there are just under 100 games left in the season. That is a lot. Mm -hmm. So what I will say is I am not yet ready to give up on the Mets and say, up, oh, throw in the towel when they're entering the new week three and a half games out of a playoff spot. I, I cannot yet say that I don't believe they make the playoffs. Do I think they win the division? No, though I will add the Atlanta Braves were ten games back at a certain at you know not at a certain point last year as well. So do I think they win the division? No. Do I think they can get into the playoffs? I do. So to answer the question, do the Mets make the playoffs? I will say yes, but I'm getting it's getting late early. I think that's a yogiism. It's getting late early. Yeah. Yeah. You should look up uh, Yogi Berra quotes. They're okay. The oh, no, I know. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. one of them. Okay. It's getting late early. It makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's getting okay. late early. They got to get going. <laughs> so, all yeah. right, let's move on to our next Twitter question. This one comes from Andrew. Ben, how does Ellie De La Cruz's arrival impact the team the rest of the season? I think Ellie De La Cruz has been a. Uh, I don't think. I think we're already running out of adjectives to describe. He's one of those players where yeah. you run out of adjectives to describe him. The Reds team was already good and exciting to watch before him with guys, Matt McClain coming up. Uh, Steer's been great. Steer leads all. Uh, National League rookies and RBIs this year. Um, the starting pitching, Hunter Green's very exciting. You have Abbott, who's been really good. So they have like all the makings of a, a good baseball team. Really good arms in the rotation. One of the best closers in the game of baseball, Alexis Diaz. Some really good, fun, exciting young rookies. And then you call up Ellie De La Cruz, and it all just starts feeling real. So I think the difference he makes is it goes, it just makes you believe is what I would say. I watch Reds games now and there's just a different feel. There's a lot of fans in the stands. He's an absolute blast to watch. He plays hard. The entire team is playing hard. They're in a weak NL Central that I do believe that they can win. I mean, I I really do. So I would say the difference that Ellie De La Cruz makes for the rest of this season I'm going to, apart from everything I've said about him already and the player he is, he's one of the fastest players in baseball. He has some of the most pop of anybody. He plays a a ridiculous defense, can hit for a high average. He does it all while also being six foot five and like insanely huge. He does it all. But I, I believe the impact he makes for this team is we just called up our biggest, our big prospect. Like this is real. I think it just makes it feel real and I do believe the the Reds can do some damage this year I mean you talked about it a lot yesterday two of your three top rookies yeah. were Reds yeah so yeah they've got an exciting future they really do I I've I've I'm all aboard the the Reds bandwagon fan right. wagon fan wagon members fan wagon <laughs> you you made that up I did you gotta I stick just with keep it. running with it you okay. gotta, yeah keep it going all right we got one more fan question here this one comes from James okay how are the D-backs doing what they're doing Who's on that roster? Well, let me tell you. Tell him, Ben. Let me tell you first and foremost who's on the roster. I'm the leader and the driver of the fan wagon, Corbin Carroll, MVPCC. He's there. But you know what? I've talked about Corbin Carroll all year long, before the season even started. And the year he's having is insane. He's having an MVP type of season, and it's his rookie year. He's been remarkable. But we'll talk about other than that. They have Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who's batting over 300 on the season. They have Gabriel Moreno, who's batting 280 as a 23-year-old catcher. Both of those guys came over in the trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. So, a trade that, admittedly, I was a little hesitant about before when I saw it was made. Uh, The D-backs, who had appeared at the right time, were getting good and could be good this year. Then you trade... One of your really good pieces that I think was a very underrated player for them in Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays. And in return, you get Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno. Well, look at it now. I mean, they've both been phenomenal. Gurriel Gurriel can play anywhere, and he's hitting over 300 on the year. And then you have a 23-year-old catcher that's hitting 280. Really good there. And... Christian Walker, 12 homers on the year. He's been really good. And then they have a 
bona fide ace in their rotation and Zach Gallen, who's probably the most underrated pitcher in the game, if not one of the more underrated pitchers in the game of baseball. And also Merrill Kelly, another piece in that rotation who has a 2.92 ERA this season. So you want to talk about offense. They got good offense. You want to talk about speed, Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy, uh, Cattell Marte, all of these guys are blazing fast, can steal a lot of bases. They can hit for power. Christian Walker got a lot of pop. Um, Corbin Carroll has a lot of pop. Um, Pitching-wise, they have aces. So are there holes in this team? Absolutely. And I think they should and need to address them at the trade deadline. I think they need another pitcher. I think they need bullpen help. And I think they could use an offensive bat. So in synopsis, they're a baseball team that could use a hitter, a pitcher, and a reliever. Shocker. But, you know, like, it's true. They have a very good team that is there. The core of this team is there. Now add the pieces where you need to add, and then we're talking about a team that absolutely could win the NL West as the current leaders of the NL West, by the way. So uh, this this D-backs team who I've talked a lot about this year, Mm -hmm. and I've gone on and on and on about Corbin Carroll, they're not just good because of Corbin Carroll. They have a lot. That's a very good question, and they are good because of multiple, many guys on that team. So the fight in D-backs. you got to be feeling pretty, pretty good about your team to watch this season. The bold prediction of the year for me, D-backs playoffs. So, um, you know. That's great. Yeah. It's going well. I know you love talking about those D-backs. I do. So. I love talking about them. <laughs> you perk up. So thank you for getting that question in, for those questions in. A couple times a week we do Twitter questions, fan questions. Always fun. Get your questions in. Um, sometimes I've been known as a like a, a dating advice coach, you know? So Are get, you? get your date. We've had dating questions. I mean, I feel like I would be a great person for that. Well, de- but debatable. I oh. Get your... <laughs> Direct them to me. <laughs> Ask us anything, basically. Send it in. Let's get get them on in. You want to know about gifts with ketchup and mustard? That's what you can send her way. But well, you know you love it. <laughs> not at that time. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done with this first Tuesday episode. This week in Shohei Otani News will be out as a bonus pod later in the day on Tuesday as well. In the afternoon, that drops. So be on the lookout for that if it isn't already out. But thank you all for listening to this Tuesday episode. Make sure... You're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything we do on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening. We're getting closer and closer to Flippin' Bats going on the road to San Diego. Let's go. But until next time, which is a Wednesday episode, Louisa Rise batting 400. He's the guest on Wednesday. What an awesome conversation there. Make sure you check that one out. And until then, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace. <laughs>